So tonight, or today, uh, I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about hearing from God. And that's uh, it's an interesting topic. It's something that uh, we struggle with. Uh, sometimes we struggle in prayer. We've prayed for something, we need an answer, and we feel like we don't hear from God. Sometimes we struggle uh, missed opportunities where we feel like maybe we should have heard from God to do something and and it just didn't quite occur to us. And it's, uh, it's interesting because uh, the world says that talking to God is praying, but God talking to you is schizophrenia. They think this is very clever. Um, but that's so not true. Never, ever be ashamed to be able to say, I believe I heard from God. Now, be careful. If you're going to make a proclamation, God told me, you, you want to make sure that, that it was God who said so. And we'll get there. But Never be ashamed of that. We should be hearing from God. It's incredibly important to a believer. In fact, John chapter 10, Jesus tells us, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. Earlier on in the same chapter, Jesus says of himself, the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. We should know his voice, which means we should be hearing from God. We need to be able to recognize his voice as part of being a believer, part of being one of his sheep. So we wait to hear an answer to prayer, but we also need to be ready for him to speak to us spontaneously. Sometimes we'll hear from him, if we're ready for it, in ways that we didn't even expect. It's interesting. It's kind of the two sides. We know that we're in prayer. We need an answer. We want something from him. But are we always there when he wants something from us? unexpectedly. And I think that uh, in order to address hearing from God, we need to take a look at both of those. So uh, we've come up with uh, four steps for uh, hearing from God. And I found these over in Habakkuk uh, chapter 2. Yes, I did look up how to pronounce that. I'm not sure I've ever heard it pronounced, and it was uh, fairly intimidating. Habakkuk 2 says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart And watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. We've got four lines there, so uh, we can break that down into four steps. Let's break it down. Four steps to hearing from God. Step one, focus. That comes from, I will stand my watch. So what does it mean to focus and to stand your watch? Well, day-to-day life, we tend to get a little bit distracted by the world around us. We've got TV, we've got video games and music and internet, and we've even got you know family drama and work and chores and all kinds of uh, things to do. It, it can be a distraction if we let it, so that we're so caught up in our own day-to-day lives and, and the things that we need, in a lot of cases, legitimately to, to do to get by, that maybe sometimes when he's speaking to us, we don't even hear. So what do we do about that? Uh, Psalms 62.1 says, Truly my soul waits silently for God. From him comes my salvation. So we're to wait or to actively listen and just wait and be patient. But it's not like a waiting room in the doctor's office where you kick back and pick up a Time magazine or play around on your phone and the receptionist comes in and says, Mr. Johnson, the doctor will see you now. Mr. Johnson... Mr. Johnson, you ever been in one of those? Mr. Johnson, get up, please. You're, you're holding me up. 
It's not like that. We don't want to be distracted and filling that time in. We want to, to wait. Uh, Psalm 1, uh, verses 1 and 2 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. So I'd heard it said that uh, some people say that uh, prayer is talking to God, meditation is hearing from God. So that step one on focus means we need to be ready to actually hear from him. If we're completely caught up in our own little world and don't even think it possible that God might say, listen to me, I have something for you, we're not going to hear it. So beware of that. So back to our four steps to hearing from God. Step one is focus. I will stand my watch. Let's listen. We've got to actually watch out and be ready for him to talk to us. It happens. Step two, prepare. This comes from the uh, second line, and set myself on the rampart. Well, first off, we probably need to know what a rampart is. I actually had to look this one up. This comes out of, uh, I do most of my studies in New King James, so it uses the word rampart. Uh, some of the translations use the word tower, but I think we get a better definition if we look at what rampart actually is. We're talking about a wall around castles and, and cities, and then it'd be a tall wall, keep uh, bad guys out, and have a path on the top so that uh, people protecting uh, that area could actually walk down that path and they could look out for miles. What's even more is that uh, you might maybe get some archers up there, and so if they see an invading army from far away, they can actually respond more quickly. So prepare, preparation. So we, we understand that God's going to talk to us. We understand that we need to, to be ready to hear from it. Now we want to prepare ourselves to hear from him. Expect it. He'll talk to you. So how do we prepare ourselves and stay ready? A um, couple of things. First off, uh, very important, Romans 8, uh, verses 5 and 6. says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. This is a small glimpse on how important it is to live according to God and not according to the world. Now, if we spend so much time in the world and we're not reading our scripture and we're not spending time in prayer, we're going to be very in tune with things going on in the world. We're going to know all of the latest, greatest news that's going on. We're probably going to know all kinds of stuff about celebrities and, and all that. What, what worth is that? But if we are spending time in prayer, if we're spending time in scripture, if we're spending time seeking out God's will in our lives and trying to follow that, then we're prepared to hear from him. We're in this mindset where we have this expectation. God's going to talk to me. He's going to tell me what it is that I'm supposed to do today. He's going to tell me what it is I'm supposed to do as this next step in my life, this next thing coming up. And if we're focusing on that, we're in tune to that, we're prepared to hear that. Levi, it's been, it's been considered before feeding the flesh. You're going to live a fleshly life, but if you feed the spirit, you're going to live a spiritual life. Remember, it's his sheep that hear his voice. We must follow him, so we must be ready to hear his voice. We also need to be ready to do what God says. This is the hard one. Um, we, we can look at uh, various different people throughout the Bible that God talks to, and we can see how hard it is. Um, if we're not ready to hear from him, we're not ready to receive commandments from him, it can take us by surprise. Now, a nice standard, what I strive for, Abraham. Abraham was ready. In uh, Genesis chapter 22, it says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, 
And he said, here I am. That's great. He was listening. He was ready. God speaks to him. He says, here I am. Let's go. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. That's where I have my problem. If I were in his place, whoa, wait a minute. What's going on here? Abraham didn't respond that way. He did exactly as the Lord commanded him. That's the place that we need to strive for. But how do we get there? We, we have to be prepared to hear something that might trouble us and be ready to deal with that. We need to be prepared to understand that God's going to lead us through what he wants us to do. So as some contrast to that, I wanted to take a look at some of the others. We have Moses out of uh, Exodus 3 and 4. says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. It's a good start. Same response that, uh, that Abraham had. But then God explained to Moses that he was going to free his people. Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Moses says, wait a minute, that's too big. I can't do that. So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on the mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Moses is saying, I, you, Who should I even say sent me? I, I don't have any authority in this. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent you to me. So God's reassuring him. Moses is saying, I can't. God's saying, You can, and I'll help you. And Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, The Lord has not appeared to you. Well, you know, and, and, and again, God provides. He, he enabled uh, Moses to turn his staff into a snake and back. He enabled him to turn his hand leprous and back, giving him signs that he could show that God sent him. Then Moses still, I mean, you know, at this point, God is, is providing quite a bit. Moses is still a little bit scared and nervous. I would be, let's be honest. Then Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent neither before nor since. You have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth, or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. Moses was full of I can't. God was full of you can. I can. So we can, we can kind of see, you know, where, where maybe just unexpected, not quite ready for what God was going to ask him to do, and he's, he's nervous, and nothing wrong with that, but we can prepare for that. Jeremiah, almost kind of a similar situation. So we go to Jeremiah chapter 1, uh, verses 4 and 8, says, uh, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. 
He's not asking anything easy. He's going to Jeremiah. Jeremiah is concerned, I'm too young, I, I can't do this. But notice that the Lord reassures every single time. Neither of them, we hear, you know, are sitting there and, and waiting for an answer on the Lord. The Lord presents himself and says, I have something for you. And they responded, but they're a little bit nervous at first, kind of unexpected. And then we remember Peter, Acts 10, says, uh, the next day as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descended to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, raise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. So even Peter had this issue where God says, I have something for you to do. And he says, no, 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 I can't do that. I can't do that. And then we have Jonah. Well, Jonah just ran. It says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. You know, he wasn't even hearing it. He didn't even stay around for the I can't. He just, nope, I'm gone. Lord's calling me here. He wants me to go this direction. I'm going to find the other way, and I'm going to go that way. No doubt, you know, he, was, he had his own, uh, his own things in mind. But be ready, because he's not going to necessarily ask you from easy things. We have it easy here in the United States in a lot of cases, because there's not a whole lot of very, very difficult things here that are asked outside of our country. Simply going to a church service in China and some of the regions can be very, very dangerous. It's all underground. In the Middle East, it can mean your head. Certainly going out and preaching the gospel. These are all very difficult, hard things. But the Lord is actually asking people of these things. He's going out there and he's telling his believers, I want you to do something and it could result in your death. We've got it a little bit easier. We don't have nearly as much of that around here. So how much easier should it be for us to hear God and to listen and respond to him? He asks for hard things, but he also enables people to do them. Every single thing that Moses had I can't do that because, but what about, but what about God provided for all of those things? He's going to do the same here. He's not going to reach out and tell you to do something and not equip you for it. So we have our four steps to hearing from God. Step one is focus. I will stand my watch. Step two is prepare and set myself on the rampart. Be ready. Be ready to do the hard things. Be on the lookout for what the, what the Lord is going to ask you to do and be ready and prepared to do them. Step three, listen. This comes from the third line, and watch to see what he will say to me. So I have some really insightful advice for you on this one. Are we ready? Are we ready? Here we go. Often, one must listen in order to hear something. You're not going to hear them if you're not going to listen to them. If you're going to ignore them, if you're too, too busy, if, if you don't want to do it, it, it you're not going to hear it. It's just going to go right over your head. So what does God sound like? That's a touchy one. Well, he sounds like scripture. His word is written right there. Never forget that when you're reading through that, his word is alive. You're hearing from the Lord right then and there. 
uh, in Kings uh, chapter 19, is he's considered a still, small voice. Nice and quiet, not overpowering, something that you have to be prepared and listening to most of the time. He comes in visions, and in a lot of scripture we see. We can hear from him through wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. These are all the spiritual gifts, by the way, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. They come from the Spirit, which means they come from God living in you. So when you have wisdom, knowledge, and discernment that truly is from the Spirit, that's still hearing from God. Balaam's donkey. We can hear from God in any, any way God chooses to, to reveal himself. If you spoke through a donkey, he can probably speak to you in a million other ways. So how do we know it's from God? That's the difficult part. And that's also something that you want to take, uh, take into some very serious consideration. When we've got all these noises going around, especially from the world, we need to be able to discern whether something is from God, whether it's him that we're hearing, or whether it's from the world or from ourselves. It's funny, you, you hear a lot of times, you know, Satan made me do this, or Satan planted this thought in my head. I think we give him a little bit too much credit. We forget that we are fallen beings ourselves. We have our own agendas outside of even what Satan will have us do. Some of these things come from us. So how do we know when we have an idea, when we have something we believe we might be hearing from the Lord is actually from him and not from us or something else? Well, there's two steps that are really important. It's really that simple. Step one, ask for discernment and clarity. Go to the Lord in prayer. Discernment is a gift of the Spirit, and Paul says that we should desire the gifts. So step one, if we really think that we're hearing from the Lord, go to him in prayer, fasting even. Lord, is that from you? Is this what you want me to do? Are you sure? Help me, Lord, to know that I'm hearing from you and not somewhere else. I don't want to do something that I'm not supposed to do. Gideon did this in his own way uh, in Judges chapter 6. Um, he did it a couple of times. Verse 36, uh, I pick it up there. It says, uh, so Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, look, I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he rose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece together, he wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me, but let me speak just once more. Let me test, I pray, just once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but not on the ground, but on all the ground. Let there be dew. And God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew on the ground. So what was he really doing? The, the, the fleece and asking for a sign, don't get focused in that. He was communicating with the Lord. He was asking the Lord for clarity. Did you really say this? I'm, I'm putting my neck out on this one, and it, and it makes me a little bit nervous and scared, and I want to make sure, Lord, that I'm hearing from you and not my own desires, not my own motivations, not somebody else's, but I want to make sure that I'm hearing from you. He went before the Lord in prayer, and he asked for clarity. We should always be doing that. It's a, it's a two-way street. We don't hear from the Lord, and then we're not expected to, to respond. We can respond, and we can, we can ask for help. And maybe when we feel like we're hearing from the Lord, maybe that's a good time to start turning off the TV and the iPods and the internet and spend a little bit of time in serious contemplation because things just got serious. You just heard from the Lord. Don't let all this background noise going on while you, while you hear from him. Don't try to filter all that out. That's hard. We need to focus in on him right then and there. Step two, 
Be like the Bereans. This is also very, very important and encompasses a lot. We hear about the Bereans in Acts chapter 17, uh, verses 11 and 12. It says, These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. Search the scriptures daily. That's the key verse here. And notice they were, they were portrayed in very positive light for doing this. This was a very sound thing. And as a result, they, they were blessed. It says, therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. A lot of people were saved by searching the scriptures daily. This sums everything up. All of the truth that we could ever hope to know are right there in our Bibles, in the scriptures. Two things. Search the scriptures daily. Read the Bible consistently, constantly, all the time. The other hand of that is when you hear something that you believe the Lord may be leading you to, or anything that, uh, that, that should be tested and checked, a new idea even from your own pastors and leaders. If you hear a new idea, search the scriptures, validate it against that, because the scriptures get authority above anybody else here. It doesn't matter how big a congregation the pastor has, how, how many wonderful things the pastor has done. If they say something that is not in scripture and is backwards and scripture contradicts, it's not the word of God that they're speaking. And we're called to go and search those scriptures daily. That's the most important thing. And certainly when you feel that the Lord is leading you to do something, validate it. Check it in the scriptures. Is this something that God would ask somebody to do? Is there any precedence? Has he ever asked anybody else to do this? Is it anything that violates any of his commandments? Because if it is, it probably wasn't from God, right? So an example, you see somebody begging on the street. A couple of ways to, to react and probably various different ways we've all reacted, right? One, on one extreme, you can get really angry and speed off this guy doing out here? Mooching off of everybody else, should go out there and get a job. What is, what's this guy's problem? I'm not going to give him any money. I'm angry with him at this point. You drive off. Did God lead you to that? If we test the scriptures, if we test against the scriptures, scripture says not to hate your brother for no reason. We're not to have hatred in our heart for our brothers. So getting angry with them just so suddenly, especially not understanding really who this person is and what his backstory is, that's not from God. That's probably from us. Scripture also says that we should feed the hungry, we should take care of our brothers and sisters. So if we have this feeling, this emotion that, that we want to do exactly the opposite, let him go fend for himself, that's probably also not of God. On the other hand, if you feel compassion and motivation to help, you may or you may not, but if you do, it's a pretty good indication that this is the same kind of compassion that the Bible speaks of, that uh, you know, we're told to feed the hungry and we now have an opportunity and we feel driven, it's starting to look pretty good that there's a good chance that it was the Lord that is encouraging you to do that and that it's him that you're hearing from. So test everything, no matter what it is, whether it is a still small voice, whether it's an idea that popped into your head, whether it's a certain piece of scripture that all of a sudden just really jumps out at you, test it all. Those are all different ways that the Lord can communicate with you. Make sure that it matches scripture. And if it doesn't, it came somewhere else. And ignore it. It's not from him. So we go back to our four steps. Four steps to hearing from God. Step one is focus. Step two is prepare. Step three is listen. 
Make sure that we're listening to God. And step four, that's the hard one, do. And what I will answer when I am corrected. Be open to correction. So if we take a look at some of our previous examples, who accepted correction? We had Moses. Moses said, I can't, I can't, I can't. God said, sure you can. Through me, I'll provide for you. He had to correct them. He had to change that attitude. The attitude of, these guys aren't going to believe me, to understanding that God's going to provide for them. So there's a little bit of gentle correction that went there. And that's okay. Just be open to it. Be ready for it. Uh, we had Jonah. Was Jonah corrected? A little bit. It was a little bit more than, uh, than Moses experienced, right? How would you like to be so stubborn and God so intent on using you that he has an animal swallow you whole? Personally, I would like to be open to that correction before it comes to that. Wow. I, I, you know, just imagine. But he was corrected. So we need to expect it. Notice that, uh, that this line says, when I am not corrected, not if. Expect to be corrected. Don't forget who we are. We have that sinful nature. We have to, to work to hear from the Lord. We have to struggle. Don't forget that uh, we, we should probably expect that there's some things that we're not doing properly, and we need to expect that correction. We need to invite that correction. Be ready for it and be accepting of it. All right, Lord, what am I doing wrong? What can I change for you? I love how he puts that. When I am corrected. Be willing to act, knowing that, uh, that, the God, that the Lord is going to be there for you. Remember how he provided for Moses. It's funny, people talk about Moses parting the Red Sea. And that's always gotten me a little bit, because while Moses stood over there and he holds the staff out and the sea parts, Moses didn't, didn't really do that, right? The Lord did it for him. So I go to Psalm 95 verses 7 and 8. It says, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Don't miss the blessings by ignoring them, by running the other way. Can you imagine how Jonah might have been blessed had he not just ditched and, and went running away? Imagine how his life could have been changed and how, how much easier things, at the very least, could have been for him if he didn't have to be swallowed by a fish. Do not harden your hearts. Today, if you'll hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Don't put it off. Don't uh, purposely make sure that you're submerged in the world so that you can't hear from him. I can't hear you. Some other time, maybe. But be sensitive to it and be ready. And when you think Maybe you hear that still, small voice. Maybe you can't even make out what that still, small voice is saying yet. Stop and listen. Go into that meditation, into that prayer. Lord, what are you saying? I think you're trying to tell me something. What is it? Help me to get this right. I don't want to misunderstand. Psalm 37, verses 3 and 4 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. I think this really speaks of the blessings that we get from listening to him. The reward that we get for just simply being there and being ready to, to do his will. It says, he shall give you the desire of your heart. I love this verse. What's interesting is it's really easy to think, 
Psalm 37 says, if I'm good with the Lord, he's going to give me the desires of my heart. My heart, I desire to win the lottery, desire a nice big house, a fast car, and all of that. But uh, I don't think that that's what it's, what, what it's talking about here. He shall give you the desires of your heart. I don't think that the Lord's going to come in there and take all those things that I want as a person and say, here they are. A lot of those wreck us. Change what your heart desires by giving you new desires. So it's one of those funny things, especially in English, where he will give you the desires of your heart, not the desires that are already there. He's going to take desires and give them to your heart. So that thing that you don't want to hear the Lord asking you for because it's so hard, so tough for you to do, I, I don't want anything to do with that. It's too rough. Maybe the desire to do that thing is what he gives you, if you're willing. If you go into prayer and you hear from him and you know maybe the more and more that you serve the Lord, the blessing is, is that you no longer want to step away from that thing because it's hard, but rather that you embrace it. When he gives you an I can't, you may find that your response in faith is that your I can't turns into a I can't wait. That hard thing, he gives you the desires of your heart and changes your heart. So you now embrace that thing. How amazing is that? And let's not give you all these things that you want before me, outside of me, but let's give you the things that you want in accordance with me. That's great. That, that's really great. So we have the four steps to hearing from God. Step one is focus. Step two is prepare. Step three is to listen. Step four is to do. We know it's not always going to be easy. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's something easy that we can work on. Sometimes it's uh, something that uh, seems like maybe, you know, it even threatens your life. Remember, we've got brothers and sisters all over the world who are called to do things that could ultimately result in their death. So some of these things can get really, really tough. It says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me, and what I will answer when I am corrected. So if you want to hear from God, there it is right there in Scripture. And the amazing part about this is as I'm preparing this, I want to hear from God. I don't want to be up here saying anything from me because that's not what you're here for. You're here to hear from God. So I surround myself in Scripture, and I start uh, taking a look at uh, the way some of uh, the other people in the Bible have heard from God and what their responses were. And so I draw out, I figured I'll break this into four steps. And I'm having some trouble with this because it just doesn't quite work right. And then I ran into Habakkuk. And there they were, those four steps. Three out of the four were right there in Scripture. So what that told me is I heard from God and I got some correction. He says, one of those isn't right. The other three are right on. You, you heard me okay, let me repeat myself. Here's this verse, this scripture. Here's the correct way to go. How amazing is that? You just have to be ready. You have to, to listen. Make sure, that, uh, make sure that your life isn't so noisy that you can't hear the still, small voice. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that our prayer isn't one way, that we don't simply talk to you and, and hope that we get what we ask for, but Lord, that... Uh, that you'll speak directly to us. 
We thank you that you'll speak to us even outside of our own prayer, that maybe it comes completely unexpected. Father, provide for us as you did for Moses, that uh, when we find something that seems impossible, that we can see that it's really not impossible at all, that, uh, that you'll lead us through it. Lord, we can do all things through you. We thank you for taking us by the hand and walking us through those things. Lord, soften our hearts that when you have a calling for us, that we can hear that, that we can act on it, that we be open to it. Lord, above all, let us hear from you in response to our prayers and unexpectedly speak to us loud and clear that we can hear, that we can turn around, we can do the things that you have for us. We thank you, Lord, for using us in these ways. In Jesus' name, amen.